welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Atkins, and I'm all alone. <laughs> we're taking the week off because, you know, we're tired. <laughs> but I did have this episode or this conversation that I recorded back in January with my sister when I was visiting her. I made her watch Sense and Sensibility for the first time, and we talked about it. She gave us her first impression. And then the second half, we talk about Twin Peaks and how she started watching it, and a little bit about Firewalk with me, and the new series. So, um, you know, if you haven't seen it, I would say there's not really any spoilers. If you're following along with us, by the time we get to it, you'll probably have forgotten any little detail we might mention. Yeah, and then at the end, we do talk about how we are going to watch Pride and Prejudice, which we did watch, but we didn't record anything about it. Just want to let you know, next week we're doing a check-in where we're going to talk about the first half of Northanger Abbey and the first half of the first season of Twin Peaks. And we'll do some mashups, maybe um, some adaptation ideas for Northanger Abbey and probably take some quizzes. So if you want to write in to us with any ideas for that episode or any questions you might have for us, you can get us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. Um, you can go to our website, mannersandmadness.com, where you can find all of our platforms and leave a voice message. <laughs> Instagram is mannersandmadnesspod, and Twitter is mannersandmadness. So we hope you'll write in with any comments or questions you might have. All right. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll see you next week. This is my sister, Chelsea Arnold. Hi. And I just made her watch Sense and Sensibility for the first time. And it was fantastic. <laughs> Even with a child who is not at all interested in watching. Even We've... though she is very much like... Margaret. Margaret in the <laughs> show. So, Yes, she's a little Margaret. We kept telling her that she was Margaret. So that she would feel invested, but Margaret disappears from most of the movie, so she was not very invested. That is exactly the truth of the matter. (laughs) So what was your favorite part? (laughs) Well, I definitely was surprised by things that I didn't know I would be surprised by. I knew that there would be twists because it's all about like um, most people getting the right idea about love, even though they might be thinking about it in the wrong way. I like, it's all mixed up and a lot of crazy things happen. <laughs> um, I saw many different people getting together who didn't get together and it was, and, but I called some of them too. So I, <laughs> I was right about some and yeah, it was great. I loved it. Which one did you call? I called uh, Lucy and Robert getting together. Oh, yeah, you did. At the party when they were dancing. They had quite the little chemistry. They did, especially in this version. I always find them getting together to be one of the biggest mysteries of the story. Like, (laughs) why? I don't understand. I understand where Lucy is coming from, why she wanted to be with him, because suddenly he has all the money. But I don't understand why he wanted to be with Lucy. (laughs) What I don't understand is why the mother wouldn't be like, listen, girl. I don't care which one you pick. That's the one that's not going to have money. So, you know, just decide with your heart and be poor. Because 
How can you say, well, I'm not going to give Edward the money because of you, but then be like, but Robert can keep the money and you. Like, that's just... <laughs> well, she did, she like was too impulsive. I don't know. I mean, the movie doesn't really talk about it, but she does say that she irrevo- irrevocably <laughs> sorted the money to uh, Robert when she heard about Edward as a threat to Edward, but it didn't work. And then it backfired in her face. And that's why... I- really should read the end of Sense and Sensibility like the last couple pages because it's just when Jane Austen wraps up all the characters and says what happens to that family which I haven't read in a while but I feel like I particularly remember it being pretty funny. I feel like I have a copy of it somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I have a copy of it but I'm not going to stop the taping to go around scrounging through my house to find it (laughs) because it literally could be anywhere. So, um, I loved um, Alan Rickman. Rickman, sorry. Um, horrible with names. I loved Alan Rickman. <laughs> We've always known him as quite the sinister character, and he was supposed to be loving and, you know, heroic like in hair. one part, and he's got his blonde flowing hair, and but it still looks like it hurts him to smile. Like, it's just <laughs> like, I'm going to do it. Oh, God, it hurts so bad. But, yeah, he was great throughout the whole thing. At one point, I thought for sure he was going to be like, well, screw your sister. I want to be with you. And then then uh, Eleanor and him could just be like, well, we're both very sensible people. We kind of belong together. Yeah, I think maybe Jane Austen kind of wants you to feel like that because it seems like a lot of the characters are like, well, Eleanor, you should go after Colonel Brandon. Or <laughs> I mean, they would have been a good match. He is much older than both him both Eleanor and yeah, um, Marianne. Marianne, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so if she had gotten together with him, it wouldn't have been weird. Yeah, started make me think. Well, hell, if you have a ward who has gotten pregnant, then you're probably like forty years old, and you're going after a girl who's what, like seventeen? Yeah, I think he's supposed to be <clears throat> like thirty-eight or something like that. Marianne thinks he's ancient. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. When you're 17, you think 40 is ancient. (laughs) But then you're 40 and you're like, 17 is so baby. (laughs) Right? But yeah, they were, I'm glad they ended up getting together and I'm glad that it happened in her way. Yeah. You know, but she is kind of a liability. So you got to be careful with that one, falling on her face and always (laughs) constantly getting stuck in rainstorms. So... Keep an eye on her. Yeah. Keep her close. <laughs> She's prone to danger. Yes. But, but only the danger she willingly puts herself in. Yes. I feel like she brings the rain upon herself. Yeah. Until the end when she can take a walk in the sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> Although when she was walking with Margaret at the beginning and twisted her ankle, I feel like I remember that scene. Or maybe that's just the scene they played a lot in trailers. But, um, well, you know, I saw it. It came out in um, 95, like December of 95, and I saw it probably around that time, but I know that it was on HBO all the time, so I wouldn't be surprised if you had seen some of it on HBO at some point. Well, that's the only part that I actually remember from it, so it was a, it was a surprise. It was all well, well done. And your TV is especially vibrant, so all the colors were like... The greens were especially green, and the blue skies were especially blue. They're beautiful. Yes. (laughs) It's surreal. (laughs) Because when I watched it on my TV, um, at least the first time, because I didn't didn't have the Blu-ray at first, 
Um, it looked very dull. I mean, it just kind of looked dated, which was sad because I hadn't watched it in a while and I didn't remember it being dated. But I think on your TV, it didn't really look dated. It just looked very punchy. <laughs> it did. Even the uh, rain scenes where you think of England as being always like that kind of dreary especially in the winter months like it is today here in beautiful portland tennessee very <laughs> england-esque with its howling winds and yes uh it might even turn foggy you never know <laughs> it's, it's always a different yeah here i try not to go outside too much when i'm here because it's way cold for me although it's 58 degrees outside right now so well that's not really that bad no in the car it said it was like 61 freezing in florida that's true (laughs) this is um a false summer here in tennessee (laughs) (laughs) well false spring i guess summer gets crazy hot but (sighs) but back to the back to sense and sensibility romantic sensibility (laughs) sensibility towards romance yes Although I would say, I don't know if every version is like this, but Marianne is quite prone to the drama. Oh, yes. And over-exaggerating That's it. kind of the Just point of her bit. character. Yeah, I like her um, arc. You know, she goes from thinking everyone who doesn't express their emotions on their sleeves is just stupid to being like, oh, that's the way people should behave. <laughs> <laughs> I see why now. Yes. <laughs> so the whole world doesn't know your business. Though that was a crazy scene when Mr. Willoughby was being quite the asshat, if you will. <laughs> um, I mean, she didn't know what was going on, and he all he did was hide it. And I know, like, he loved her, and he chose money over love, but, like, just tell the girl, because you certainly don't want one of your exes stumbling into a party, seeing <laughs> you, and then loudly pronouncing your business for everyone to stare at you with yeah. horror and hatred in their eyes. Yeah, but the way he starts off that party, he's like, Eleanor, let me talk to you about your sister. And as soon as the sister sees him... He's like, oh my God, I have to go run and hide now. <laughs> oh, woman who just paid me basically to marry you. Protect me from this other lady, please. <laughs> I know. Do you think that that lady who um, he's going to marry knows about his previous affair and love child? I uh, doubt it. Well, I'm sure she will eventually. <laughs> yep. So kudos to that relationship. Hopefully she's, she rules him with an iron fist. I'm sure she will. <laughs> Somehow I have no doubt. Yeah, but she's like, I've got all the money and... All of the good names. So you do what I say now, Willoughby. <laughs> and I think the best part about the whole thing is that they all end up in the same tiny little town in the middle <laughs> of the country somewhere outside of London because um, Hugh Grant's character, who is... Um, Edward. Edward. Edward Ferris. Yes. Um, he and Eleanor get married and he has a pa- he's becomes a pastor... Colonel Colonel Brandon, who married the sister, Marianne. Um, So they are like going to be tight knit forever. Totally. I bet my mom moves in with them. And I bet Margaret stays in the cottage and gets to live her wild cottage. That would be amazing. I really wish there was like a follow up now. (laughs) What happened to Margaret? There should be. I don't know if there is because, you know, there's like so much fanfic out there that I haven't explored. But. I, I'm always like, oh my god, somebody wrote about this, but hopefully somebody wrote about Margaret, and I like to imagine her either as a pirate, <laughs> or I like to kind of imagine her getting to live in Barton College, 
cottage alone and like turning into Jane Austen and writing stories. Yeah. It's like her little writer's retreat. Could be. Yeah. I like it. After they fell so far at the very beginning. What if Colonel, um, Colonel Brandon's ward is a boy and they end up growing up together and getting married. (laughs) The one, the ward's baby. Yeah. The ward's baby. So she'll be the older woman. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) Um, what was I just going to say? Oh, are you, you were particularly um, over Fanny at the beginning. Oh, yeah. She's a horrible witch. But <laughs> I do like the fact that her witchiness comes back to literally, like, bite Lucy, wait, Lucy, Lucy Steele. Steele in the nose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're kind of rooting for her because at that point you're like, no, I don't want Lu-. But you know what? I know the whole time you were saying that you didn't like Lucy and that you really just hated her character and everything because she felt like she was really trying to stick it to Eleanor. And I'm sure part of her was, but I'm also sure that a bigger part of her really did genuinely love Edward. Except for that she dropped him the second he lost his money. (laughs) That is true. But the way that it was portrayed, she seemed to be like, I want to tell you how much I care for this guy. I do think that in this version, she is more naive and more... Less manipulative. But I think, I mean, uh, it's been a while since I actually read the book, but I know in other versions she definitely comes across as more manipulative. And I always think of her as, even if she's a good actress and pretending to be really caring, I feel like she's only there to suss out Eleanor and to put a stop to whatever feelings Edward is having for Eleanor because Edward probably wrote her a note that was like I bet this woman Eleanor I know I haven't seen you in like five years but there's this other lady and she's so great and she was like what what <laughs> yeah because that was <laughs> a funny scene Barton Cottage she was like, I've never had reason to worry at all. I'm a very jealous person. And if I ever felt like there was a reason why I would be jealous of somebody else, I would definitely be jealous. And I would definitely be hard to handle. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Eleanor, you're the only person he's ever talked about. So I'm not jealous or anything. He's never no. given me reason to be. But <coughs> Lucy's also a lot, <coughs> a lot of talk. I don't know what she'd actually do if Eleanor was like, no, I'm sorry. I think he's moved on from you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but Eleanor would never promise. say that. No, she is too uh, reserved. And Do you think she is too reserved? I mean, for a modern day human, probably. No, I mean, even back for in that the- time. I mean, if you look at her and Marianne contrasted, I feel like neither of them is supposed to be like the ideal. Well, They're the- both kind of a little too to the extremes. Yes. But I will say that back in those days, having the proper husband was very important and being a spinster was definitely looked down upon. Nowadays, people don't become spinsters. You can get married at any age. Well, you it can doesn't also matter. make money for yourself. You don't have exactly. to. Exactly. You're not so, a piece of property. <laughs> so back in the day, holding your tongue and not making a big to-do about stuff because that might make you right. seem undesirable and undesirable women wouldn't get the lifestyle that especially Eleanor would deserve. Well, you haven't seen Pride and Prejudice, but there's a character, Jane, and that who is very um, reserved, although she's very beautiful. (laughs) So people fall in love with her very easily. But um, there's another character who's extremely practical who says, you've got to um, show a man more than you feel so that they will know how you feel or else they'll never think that you actually like them. 
Mm. Because apparently men have always been very insecure. Huh. <laughs> Big stalker. <laughs> um, was there anything else? Oh, let's see. I feel like I'm missing chunks of it, although... What I- did you think of Edward? He kind of disappeared for a lot of it, but did you like him? I did like him. I mean, you see the relationship that him and Eleanor have, and his awkwardness is adorable. And I love all the parts where it was like, this doesn't make any sense. What's happening? And they run off to London. How many times did someone run off to London? At least three times there was people running off to London. And um, he was adorable, and I wanted them to be together. But I also thought i never saw him as being a scumbag in any way like him having the secret relationship with lucy i never saw him as being yeah one of the bad guys yeah but he's it's almost like he's just so i don't even know what the word is i mean shy i guess but it's just like so reserved and like unable to speak (laughs) that he's (laughs) his own worst enemy like he could have broken it off with lucy easily over the last five years i mean he hasn't shown up there for a while so oh yeah (laughs) That was the dishwasher, that yeah. fun little music in the background. <laughs> yeah, this would be an interesting recording. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't even know what I was saying. He never shows up to London. Or, no, that's not what I was saying at all. He never shows up to their cottage. He never writes move. Lucy and says, "Oh, you know. And then when he meets Eleanor, you can tell he's fallen for her. But instead of breaking up with Lucy, he just kind of writes her a vague letter about Eleanor, we presume. And um, pretty much just tries to avoid Lucy at all possible costs. Well, people who are not very good at expressing their emotions have a tendency to think way too hard about what to say when they are finally faced with. Yeah. You got to give them a little <clears throat> bit of a break, but right. He but clearly he also has causes a lot of pain for a long time. Yeah, I feel like his mom was like, "You will do right by me," so he's like always reserved making sure that he's saying the right thing doing the right thing and he's not going to disappoint <clears throat> not that it matters in the end because apparently she was willing to switch that money over in a heartbeat she was just waiting for him to fail <laughs> so yeah thanks, Lucy. It's, it's almost like his mom doesn't really like him that much because she's always right. like you need a profession even though he's gonna inherit i don't know why she would want him to have a profession usually it's kind of looked down upon if you're like inheriting an estate you don't need a profession that is running the estate is your profession i think maybe robert was her favorite and she knew she had to give it to edward because he's the oldest by law You're and she right. was like give me one reason but then I robert was inherit like, you so fast i'm gonna marry lucy Steele just to spite you mom well he he loves uh he robert's in on the whole thing he wants the money yeah. and uh he wants the girl too so <laughs> so that's more like a stick it to my brother at the same time. <laughs> I got your girl and your money, Edward. I don't know why you were going to get it ever. You know mom always loved me most. That would be a good uh, fan fiction. The story of the Ferris brothers yeah. behind the scenes before the Dashwoods even came into their lives. Yeah. I bet there was some stories to be told there. Edward was always the one that was good at everything. And Robert struggled so hard to be as good as his brother. But at least he had his mother had his back the whole time. <laughs> um... Yeah, I wonder if their father, Mr. Ferris, presumably dead, because no one ever mentioned him. I wonder if he was more <laughs> like Edward. You know, maybe he was like a sensitive soul. He probably was, was really. Like, got walked over by his wife. Oh, oh definitely. If we're <laughs> writing the fan fiction for this, that is exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Should we talk about Twin Peaks? Well, 
Before that, I want to say that my favorite characters that were um, like secondhand characters, not the leads, were the family she moved the cottage into. The what family? Dennings? Oh, the... the um, God. No, I think it's Sir John Middleton and Lady Jennings. They're not Jennings. actually married. It, there's a lot more characters that they just cut out uh, who are in that family. <clears throat> so well, <laughs> they just kept the two most gregarious. Miss, those two, like I said when we were watching it, remind me of the Masters of the House people in the lay in Les Mis because they're just like so boisterous and <laughs> except for they're not evil. Well, they're not. They're actually like one of the good guys. But my one of my favorite because she's such a celebrity gibbet and her daughter Charlotte <laughs> is very much the same way. But I was very pleased to find out that it's the actress who played. Um, Dolores Umbridge. Dolores Umbridge and Harry Potter. Yeah, I didn't even realize it until you said it. I didn't never put that together. <laughs> and for them, for her to play such, you know, opposing roles. Yeah. It was great to see. Um, but my favorite scene with Miss Jennings is when she finds out about Mr. Wall- Willoughby and runs to go tell the girls and she's totally out of breath and she's telling the whole story about how he's engaged and he got this 150,000 pounds or 50,000 pounds. 50, pounds. Anyway, lots of money and blah, 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 but I can't stay. I have to go talk to someone else about this news. And she runs off to go tell another group of people what she just found out. I think it's amazing. That was yeah. a great scene. <laughs> Is that what you would be if you were like rich but single? Like, say your husband died or whatever. Would you be like, I want to know all the gossip. I want to get all the girls' boyfriends, and I want you know. Yes. Yep. I yes. Especially if you live in a small community like that, you definitely want to. See, I've read so much Town Green Gables that I like want to be the you know scary old lady living alone <laughs> like rich old lady but like then the orphan child comes up and is like oh she's really nice she's my best friend now oh you know like pollyanna too i think is like that i do love a good but no pollyanna's too tragic but i do love a good orphan story one of my favorite series as a kid were the boxcar kids so mm-hmm. orphan kids yeah <laughs> Twin Peaks sure. since um yeah did you watch it as a kid you watched a, a little bit I did not because I would come into the bedroom to watch it and it would be on and I'd be like okay this isn't so bad and then something horribly horrifyingly scary would happen <laughs> and I'd go running from the room there's no way I could watch it it was way too scary the first time that I came back into it I think I was in eighth grade <laughs> We used to watch crazy movies like Foxfire, and um, we watched the movie Firewalk With Me. So I hadn't seen the series because I was too scared to watch oh. it as a kid. And then we watched Firewalk With Me, and it was scary. You had to have been in high school. <laughs> Maybe ninth grade. It was either eighth grade or ninth grade. Um, I remember sitting in the big pink chair right in front of the TV screen, <laughs> like as close as you could get while you're watching a movie in that living room. And it was horrifying and least scary. <laughs> but then as I caught like the series later on, 
and we would watch like the whole thing put together. I just thought it was absolutely one of the most brilliant <laughs> pieces of cinematography because if you watch the first pilot, they interview all of the friends and they all say these things that happen the night of Laura's, mm-hmm. you know, death. <clears throat> and when you watch this movie that was created years later, yeah. It is exactly what they say happened yeah. on the night of Laura's death. And it's like... It's crazy. It's the continuity of that movie. Yeah, it's great. It's, and then it's crazy knowing that movie so well and then going back and watching the series and being like, I know exactly what you're talking about because I saw it happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> no, it's so good. It's How long is it? It's like three hours long. I feel like it's one of the longest movies that I am willing to sit through over and over and over again. Yeah, I think it is like three hours. There's so many different parts to it. It's like seven days leading up to her death. And you can be like, day one, this is what happened. Day two. And okay. So anyway, there's so many different parts to that movie. And like, and you feel everything. And I feel like the more you watch it, the more you feel it. It's just like you become a part of this world. Yeah. It's like you're Laura Palmer. It's like you're the ghost of Laura Palmer (laughs) hovering over her life. Yeah. And every part roadhouse place to like when her and Bobby are out in the woods. Oh, that's one of the best scenes. (laughs) Yeah. We're probably not going to get to that movie for a while. Maybe it'll coincidentally fall on time. I'm in town and I can watch it with you and discuss it oh totally definitely because i love it it's a great one i'm sure there has to be a way to all podcasts do call-ins stuff (laughs) but i have no idea i would totally do it you don't have the internet so that's true (laughs) do i need the internet or can you just record my voice from your phone well you'd have to record your voice on a mic here while i recorded my voice on a mic there and then then send it to you yeah i have to get keith to do that he could totally do that I bet sending it wouldn't take that much. Oh, my God. So um, what about the new series? How did you feel about that? I mean, I liked it for what it was. I really (laughs) wish it had been closer to Firewalk With Me because, you know, I loved it. And it it was like Firewalk With Me, but with pop rocks in it. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, it was just, I don't know. It just had so many, like, what am I watching right now? Like, what is happening in my mouth? <laughs> I was supposed to be yeah. eating pudding, and now all of a sudden there's this popping sensation. And... <laughs> yeah, that's a good analogy. <laughs> I mean, I I did love it every moment of it, and it was totally different, which is kind of cool because Fire Walk with Me was totally different from Twin Peaks, even that's though true. it was the same characters and the same story. And this one, it feels like you could watch it fifty times and like still find new stuff i there's some internet video i found the other day that's like this is the explanation (laughs) and it's like five hours long so i haven't been able to watch it yet but i definitely want to see it no that would be very intriguing i know i love watching those who loved twin peaks who were very excited about the new one who got like who were actively disappointed (laughs) I mean, but I was never disappointed. You can't really be disappointed because David Lynch himself has grown so much since like Twin Peaks was the beginning. Yeah. And then Firewalk With Me was definitely him in a much more of a growth. Yeah. 
But he is a very specific type of director, and his stuff does not make sense <laughs> um, to a lot of people. It's not just to like, you know, it's not just the super intellectuals that get it, because right. I don't think he wants you to get it. I think he well, wants think you to be able to discuss it. it. Yeah. The whole time. Like, no, I like that theory, but what about this theory? Yeah. Or and to he's feel like, it. I don't really care <laughs> what you come up with. It's kind of like what is those books where you read to a certain point and then it's like, what would you decide to do? You're gonna go to page one hundred and twenty one or ninety two. <laughs> choose your own adventure. Yeah, choose your own adventure. So it gives people so much room to fill in the blanks of yeah. their own making. Yeah. And yet it does suck you in, like, viscerally. It Even, the, like, the long, sweeping scenes, you're like, the, you know, you've got the sound going, and you're like, I don't know if this means anything, or, but I am enjoying it. <laughs> and every week you're like, okay, this is going to be the week that it all comes together, and it's going to make sense. <laughs> I had so many notes the first two episodes as I was watching it. I was like, what does this mean? Will we come back to this? Oh my God, this is going to be relevant later on. Spoiler alert, you won't. <laughs> you won't come back to it ever. <laughs> um, but everybody who was in it, who... I don't know, maybe that five-hour video does. I mean, he's figured it out, unlocked the key, the mystery maybe of when it. when me and Christian go through it, we'll find some new meanings that we never found before. What? You, should, you and Christian should watch the five-hour video and then like, have a discussion after you watch the series, then watch the five-hour video and be like, let's discuss this guy's discussion. <laughs> Definitely. That would be really great if it was still on the internet by then. I'm so sure it will be. A long way in the future of watching Twin Peaks. Well, maybe a couple years, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everybody who was an old character in the series and was in the new one was fantastic, <laughs> you know, spot on, exactly what you want. Oh my God, yes. Uh, Kyle MacLachlan was amazing. He was amazing for all three levels. Yes. He was a character that we knew and loved that came back, but he was also a brand new, two brand new characters. Yeah. I and mean, like, he was Bob, basically. Yeah. And he was so good <laughs> at it. I mean, he was scary. Like, the scariest. I was terrified of him. When he, like, got out of prison, I was like, oh, my God. Um, what has been unleashed? <laughs> I love Kyle McLaughlin. Like, I will watch a series that I have never seen before just because I know he's on it. Yeah, when he showed up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I was... Sold. I'm ready to watch yeah. the series now. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've captured me. Um, but all the new people who were people we'd never seen before were also fantastic. Yeah. Like Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Um, uh, Laura Dern. <laughs> Laura Dern is exactly who I Naomi Watts. Oh no no Naomi Watts. She was fantastic. I love she her. was so fantastic. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Laura Dern was also fantastic, and I love that that Star Wars came out at the same time, so I could pretend <laughs> that it was um, Judy, Diane. Diane, and like she had been somehow <laughs> when she her when she, yeah when she disappeared and she was actually in Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> she got sent over there, and she was like woke up in a new life. Like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Gotta do this thing. Maybe that's just Laura Dern. I love Every it. role. <laughs> Maybe <New Tulpa>. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with Jurassic Park, which was my favorite yeah. ever, Laura Dern. Uh, I know a lot of people have their fancy, oh, well, I saw Laura Dern and whatever, but mine was definitely Jurassic Park. <laughs> so, um, also, recently, I watched The Witcher, which oh. is a fan. I recommend it 
for my recommendation <laughs> today, <laughs> The Witcher, definitely on Netflix. Such a good show. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> Cut this part. What was I talking about? Oh, so the one of the main bad guys, you don't really see his face until later on in the uh, series. And when I saw his face, I was like, who's this guy? He looks so familiar. And I looked him up and it was Richard um beamer no the or, richard oh from twin peaks the new what's his name the kid the one who was audrey's son oh yeah the, richard yeah okay richard horn yeah he was richard horn and um it made him a hundred times scarier <laughs> <laughs> seriously i was like oh my god don't mess with this guy <laughs> he is seriously crazy um i have to watch that that will i will say was the most disappointing part of the whole thing. Like, could you not have given us just a morsel of information more than you gave us about this crazy psycho is actually Audrey's son? Like, seriously? That's not even fair. I want to know more about the story. Why is he so evil? Why are you in a mental institution? Tell us something. We need an Audrey movie. Just one just for her, like a fire walk with me, but for Audrey. But only pre the... The season three. Right. Between two and three. Yeah. That's what it needs to be called. Audrey between two and three. Yes. I like it. That squeaking sound, if you can hear it, is my dog wanting to get out of a room. Because if he wasn't in there, he would just circle the table and you would only hear click, 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 click. So it's better the squealing. Although I'm sure eventually he'll start barking. Um... What else? Is there any other... Um, you've never seen any other Jane Austen? I have not. Have you seen any other David Lynch? Um, I saw one where <laughs> there were tiny little grandparents. Tiny Rodeo Drive. Lost Highway? No. Mulholland Drive? Yes. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> I saw that one, but I don't remember anything about it. Naomi Watts was in that one. Really? Yeah. She was the lead. That one was supposed to be originally a TV series about Audrey Horn. What? So are we? Can we just pretend that's what happened? Yeah. We can insert Mulholland Drive as Audrey Horn's backstory. Does she go crazy in that movie? I don't know if that's actually something I should say because maybe that's a spoiler for something we haven't gotten to yet. Oh. <laughs> maybe I should cut that. Just out. cut that out. <laughs> um. It's been a while since I've seen Mulholland Drive, so I'll have to um, defer till a later date. <laughs> but yeah. I do know that it was originally supposed to be Audrey. Yeah, so maybe if we have enough time at some point in this trip, I will. I also brought Pride and Prejudice, and I might make you watch that and record a little extra about that. I think we can make it work. I have an idea about that. Is Pride and Prejudice as long as Sense and Sensibility was? Yeah. <sighs> How long is that? Like two and a half hours? No, it's like two hours and five minutes or something. Okay. Well, I think we can fit it in if Allie is willing to sit through another one. <laughs> this is the one she really wanted to see in the first place. It's true. It's got Elizabeth in it, her favorite. True. But I think it's the um, English wording of things that make her go, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, actually, <laughs> as I was watching it, I was realizing from a kid's perspective, it's just people talking. It's not like there's, there's no, no action. action. There's no... It's like really quiet 
And that's the kind of TV. <laughs> she did kept saying, why is she crying? Why is she so sad? <laughs> like, well, they've explained it this whole time, but I know you're not paying a lick of attention. So her boyfriend broke up with her. <laughs> oh, that's sad. She, she made it through. Yeah, she wasn't so bad. Yeah. So Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Hopefully we get to it. <laughs> if not, this was fun. Yes, it definitely was. And uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> All right. Oh, did you think it was a good sisters movie? Yes, I did. Although I feel like their sisterly bond should have been established much closer to the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Pride and Prejudice might actually be a really good one because they really played up the like family sister stuff. Yeah. But I always think of Sense and Sensibility as like a good sister book. <laughs> but maybe it's not as good as I thought it was. Huh? No, I think it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything else? I can't remember. I think that was it. Okay. Over and out. Oh.